Alternative Radio. Finances here. Prepare for freedom. Get ready to swallow the red pill because every week we're bringing you cutting edge, real, uncut, raw truths about finance in the world that you think you know to help you prepare for the biggest shift in generational wealth the world has ever seen. Warriors, rise! Get your shit together. Let's go. Warriors, Rise. Hey, what's up, Warriors? Happy Monday. We're with you guys. I'm out in Arizona and Ken Mack. In just a moment, we're going to ask you where you are. You're all over the world, which is awesome. But we're excited to be with you guys uh, to get this going consistently again on the podcast or on the YouTube channel. And it's amazing how rapidly things are changing. If we miss a week, two weeks, so many things are changing rapidly, like the crypto regulation. I'm going to do a video tomorrow on the G20 Watchdog. Some crypto regulation coming in October, EU announced 2023, and we have so many different people predicting different prices. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, One of the biggest things I want to share with you guys is I'm not a maximalist on any cryptocurrency. I'm a maximalist in cryptocurrency, really picking the winners and losers. And you can't always pick the winners and losers, but really understanding the long-term fundamentals around cryptocurrency. So we're going to talk business, cryptocurrency today, and just chop it up on what's going on. So Ken, where are you located right now in the world? Hey, what's up, Coach JB? It's great to be here. And today I'm coming to you from the country that not many people have ever heard of before. It's called Montenegro. It's a Balkan state. Um, I'm currently about 45 minutes uh, to Dubrovnik, Dubrovnik, which is, I think it's the capital of uh, uh, Croatia. So okay. we have uh, Bosnia, about one hour from here as well. Serbia, just above us. Albania, maybe two or three hours on the road. So it's a uh, a very well-located country, which uh, I'm here for a reason, in fact. I'm here to get on the grid. I'm here to get a company established so that I can get access to residency. So we've been talking about uh, the importance of getting on as many grids as possible. Because what does that mean? That means that I can get a hold of another driving license, another uh, residency permit, and Mm -hmm. the opportunity to maybe work towards a passport in the future, so, yeah, it's great to be here. Um, I'm in one of the historic towns on the coast. I'll be here for a few days until I get my company sort- sorted, and then I'll be heading north to the country of Serbia. Wow. That's really interesting. So what, why did you pick uh, Montenegro? What's the, what's the attraction there? So Montenegro is very welcoming to, uh, to outsiders to invest mm-hmm. in the country. They've got a very nice uh, CBI program. So you can come into the country as a foreigner very easily. You can get access to residence permits. You can open up a company. They're very, wow. they're very welcoming, a bit like Dubai, where yeah. they allow foreigners to come in, set up a bank account, and it just it, it opens the doors. And I think the, uh, uh, this country is definitely up and coming. There's a massive amount of opportunity here. Um, it's a country which um, has maybe had a bit of a hard time over the years. It's part of Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2006, they got their freedom. So they're really pushing forward now with all of these incentives to attract foreign investment. Uh, and that means that, uh, you know, this is like a hidden gem, man. I was uh, in the valleys yesterday in nature, going through the nature reserve on the boats and just enjoying the uh, the nature because that's something that I've been missing in Dubai. Yeah. As you guys know, I spend a lot of time in Dubai. But, uh, you know, it's all part of being a global citizen is getting on as many grids as you possibly can. And this is not something that uh, um, is a special opportunity for the elite or for high net worth investors. This is something that anybody can do. Anybody can go to Dubai and open up a company, get a residence permit for not a lot of money. Anybody can come to Montenegro and do exactly the same thing. But for me, that's a very important thing because I care about one thing, and that's freedom. Mm. I think that's what the Warrior Academy stands for as well as freedom. Yeah, it's interesting too the whole freedom model. I think a lot of people are, you know, everybody. A lot of people came to America for freedom, and it's it's an interesting dynamic. It's almost like we're moving to this freedom to safety, right? Like you're not safe anymore. Get your hand sanitizer. Get your mask on. And it's a people don't realize that the whole narrative is shifting from freedom. Like, for example, people went into cryptocurrency for freedom. And now the government is providing safety in crypto, right? Regulation. And so I don't think people, (laughs) yeah, people don't see that the the shift. It's like you give it, you know, free, free, free. And then they trap you into a debt-based system. You're buying credit cards, cars you can't afford, houses you can't afford. And all of a sudden you're trapped. And it's like, hey, you didn't know how to manage your finances. Then we're going to give you all this money in crypto, all this money in the stock market. And then boom, we're going to pull it all away from you. So I want to talk a little bit about crypto, dive quite a bit into crypto and there's so many different you predicted 
predicted it not going to 100,000 on Business Insider, which was awesome. And now there's so many predictions. This, I'm going to show this a couple articles here, and there's something uh, pretty remarkable that's happening in August, which is going to be pretty interesting. This is an article I'll be talking about tomorrow. Uh, but let's see, Bloomberg, and you can't believe the media, but Bitcoin is more likely to hit 10,000 than 30,000 survey fines. So investors think Bitcoin is heading uh, a lower, like us as investors, right? Um, so 40% are saying 30,000 and 60% are saying 10,000. But there's something that I found today, which is pretty interesting, was this letter. So this letter right here, um, it says, to, to whom it may concern. So this is a company called Mount Gox. Okay, so everybody needs to pay attention to this in August. So from what I'm understanding, I'm trying to, I'm getting more information. I'll have more information on this uh, tomorrow. But a lot of people bought Bitcoin at $300 when it was at 300 on this. Uh, I think it might be an exchange, Mount Gox. And they're about to dump. 144, 142,000 Bitcoin back to them. They're getting their money back, right? There was a bankruptcy trustee thing. So $142,000 is going to be brought back to these people uh, and making them whole. But a lot of them are massively in profit, right? Even if it's at, what's it at, 20000 right now? So there's going to be a big sell-off or, or assumption is there's going to be a big sell-off in August of 142000 Bitcoin. So that really goes in heavily to the narrative of Bitcoin dropping down to 10000 I just want to get your opinion on it uh, around where you think Bitcoin's going or the crypto market. Yeah, you know, it makes me a little bit worried when I see the mainstream and the elite now saying that Bitcoin is going to dump to 10K. Like that was my, 11K was my prediction back in December. So we, we know that usually these things go against the mainstream narrative. Right. Um, what, what I would say for certain is that we will be going down to 13.7K. Why 13.7K? It's because... Um, on the volume profile range, that's where the most amount of uh, bang is selling has taken place historically. So that's where the most uh, activity has happens um, is between uh, is about the 13.7k region. Mm. I think that we will touch 10k, but I think it'll be very very brief. There's so many people out there, li liquid people, waiting mm. to buy that dip. I think if you have limit orders set at 10k, I'm just not sure if they're going to get filled. Um, a lot of people are saying we're going to go lower than 10k. I just I can't see it, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think certainly the 11K prediction uh, that I uh, pushed out in Business Insider in December that you mentioned, that, that that's still in play. Um, so I certainly wouldn't be getting bullish at a time like now. We can see that Bitcoin, it's struggling to build momentum. There's a yeah. very big lack of momentum in the markets just now. A lot of people are worried about the recession. But mm. you know, people don't understand that recession is a good thing. It's a calculated event. Like They need to create a recession to bring the market back. When we have a recession, that's a deflationary event where assets come to us. Um, so I would say to you guys that are worried about the recession, don't worry about the recession. This is actually a good thing. This is where they uh, give strength to the dollar again. And if you take a look as well at the DXY, the DXY is at historic levels. It's only been at this level or broken yeah. this level about three times in history since 1960. So if we start to rally from the level that we're at just now, it's like 106 or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's that going to do to Bitcoin, do you think, Coach GB? Is that going to dump Bitcoin? Because it's, you know, we're getting more strength in the US dollar. And what we've seen is gold. Gold is the big sell-off. So I've been buying gold. Like four days ago, I bought another tube of gold. I buy small amounts every month or so um, from Dubai, from Singapore, uh, here you know, in Poland, over in the UK. But gold is, is dumped. I, I think uh, you know the real estate market is going to dump yep. as well. So the dollar is getting more strength. But what's actually happening is other currencies are being devalued yes. against the dollar. So when you see that pump yep. in the DXY, it's actually other currencies getting devalued. So you can see it's a bit of a head fuck. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure. So obviously the 99, so we're here to unfuck un you, right? Unindoctrinate you. Because it's like, think about this. What they're doing is, so they knew everybody was over leveraging crypto. The GameStop, all, like GameStop, GameStop, is that the one? All these people are making tons of money the last two years, right? So they, and then all they knew all these exchanges were over leveraged. So who knows who did the Terra Luna thing, the UST thing, but all of a sudden there's a massive collapse, right? And you you nailed it. All of a sudden, you know, they printed more money than in history. They packed their bags. They bought more mortgage-backed securities than in history. Since 90 years ago, they bought more mortgage-backed securities. They inflated the mortgage the the real estate market right and so mentally like just like you said what happens is is they dump the markets and then everybody goes running for cash which strengthens the dollar right and then that brings the asset prices down 
And so what we're trying to teach you guys is right now is when you become wealthy. This is when when everybody's doing the opposite. Everybody's running to cash, right? People are cashing out their 401k into cash. They're doing all these things and it's going to bring asset prices down. They purposely need to do that as well because what happened is when they crashed the market, it's also going to help the job market because people were leaving their jobs, not applying for unemployment because they were making so much money in cryptocurrency. But now all that wealth dried up really fast and people will have to go back to their jobs. So they're going to be like, hey, the job market's strong. People are coming back into the workforce. No, they're coming back because you liquidated the shit out of them and they were making more money than possible. So it's just you said it's a mind fuck. It's literally like, let's just bring them over here now. So once we get them all settled in into their cash again, then we can use that cash to relend it out again. The banks can. And it's just this vicious cycle. But another thing that's happening, too, is I've been following all the BRIC, the BRICS countries and um, they're working to de-dollarize. They're, they're all I mean, think about what's happening to them right now. Uh, America printed more money than in history, devaluing the dollar. Then all of a sudden they dump the market and everybody goes into the dollar and all these countries are struggling now because of dollar strength. So it's like countries, I, th I think personally, the countries are getting irritated with America, just playing this game back and forth. And the BRICS country as well are increasing their gold reserves, right? They're increasing their gold reserves. They're working to de-dollarize from the US dollar. And from what I understand, India is going to, going to go back to a gold-backed uh, gold currency, uh, asset-backed currency. And so if that happens, that's going to change the whole dynamic. What I do know is that we're going to a brand new monetary system. It's like this teeter-totter. You know, if you read the EU rules on crypto and you read the, uh, Biden's new laws or whatever he's putting out his new thing, they're very, very similar. It's like the same language. So um, like you said, I, hopefully people are listening to this. This is the greatest time in human history to become wealthy. I think the lessons that I learned over the last two years is I should have, again, should have, would have, could have, right? I should have pulled more profits. I just, I absolutely should have pulled more profits. I had a very strict exit strategy, right? And so now I know, like if it goes up, boom, it goes parabolic again, 2025. I'm going to be pulling profits off the table, waiting for these collapses. Now I can see the system on how they do it. But that's my thought process on it. Cash is obviously becoming more strong, stronger because people are dumping, um, dumping out of uh, uh, stocks and um, cryptocurrency, so. Yeah, just you're mentioning uh, you know, dollar cost averaging out in the markets. Mm -hmm. I think we need to remember as well, because the market cap of crypto is so small, you can't just take your time and dollar cost average out. You know, the market moves very, very quickly. So I think mm -hmm. it's all about making that decision and saying, hey, you know, I'm two or three times up from my initial investment. Or I'm 10x up. I'm happy. Let's walk away. Even if you're 1x up, you're yeah. going to walk away and you're going you're to make some money. Because a lot, so many people have been cut out with the crypto markets, uh, you know, walking away with less than their initial investment. Um, it takes a discipline. It's, you know, the, what does a market do? It takes the most amount of money from the most amount of people. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a dollar, uh, sorry, a gold-backed currency. So you really think the U.S. dollar could potentially come and say, "Hey, guys, you know, we're uh, going to change the monetary system. We're now going to back the U.S. dollar with gold." I do, man. I think that the well, you're seeing like other countries are raising their gold reserves big time, right? There's been more, more countries are, uh, what is it? India raised their gold reserves, China, Russia. There's something going on with that. Where I think all over the Polish news that the Poland have been buying uh, monumental amounts of gold. Yeah, it had, they have to be, I, I really think they're all working together to set us up for a new monetary system. I really, really do. Cause you got the G20, they all work together, right? They're the watchdogs. And it's like, they're all, I think they're all working together to move us in this new monetary system, right? Cause all these countries are buried in debt. I mean, they're all kind of in the same position. There's some that are stronger, their, their GDP, but America, like their debt to income ratio is like at 129% right now, our GDP compared to our actual debt. If we keep going at this pace, we'll be at 167% by 2025. So we can't even pay our foreign debts i mean it's like it's almost like they have to bankrupt this old system and they're just going to take us all with it right the 401ks are going to go with it the pensions are going to go with it and they're going to bring in this brand new monetary system like moving us from freedom to safety right it's like okay here's your central bank digital currency now hey you can't survive don't worry we're gonna we'll give you safety right we got you locked into your houses now you know we got you all safe from this bug that was floating around and now we're gonna make sure that you're safe with hands you know start with hand sanitizer a while ago and everybody's getting sick because they're they're not you know their our bodies aren't able to naturally fight uh, it's just it seems like i've been diving into that thing of like you know um I don't, I'm not getting into conspiracy, but it just, just to speak facts, right? September 11th happened in America. And then all of a sudden, you know, we used to be able to walk up to the gate and meet with our families and stuff. And then all of a sudden security came in, right? So then we had TSA. So now we go through the security process. And then all of a sudden, they, you know, the excuse was to start monitoring our phones for terrorists, right? 
terrorists, other human beings, right? It doesn't make any sense to me. And then it seems like since then, each year, each each 10 years, we just get deeper, deeper into safety, right? It's like, I'm now here to save you. And then I I really feel like that it's, this is going to age well, that they did the same thing with crypto. It's like they, they've been involved in crypto for a long time, man, which JP Morgan's involved with Ethereum, with consensus. I mean, if you dive into it, Ethereum's been involved with JP Morgan consensus. They're deep in the system. You got XLM, you got XRP working with all these uh, or Ripple working with all these countries. They're working with four of the BRICS countries, right? So like they're, this is already in place. They're just playing us to provide safety, right? It's like, oh, we're going to come out with our own stable coin. You don't need UST. You don't need uh, Terra Luna. You don't need, um, what was the, what's the crypto back one? Anyways, you don't need these stable coins. You need us, right? These are the ones that we're, that are regulated, that are safe. And so that, that's what I feel is happening. They're moving us into a safety narrative. And it's just like people's, I feel bad for people that are about to retire right now because their 401ks are about to get smashed. And that's why I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, I think the value people get from us is what, how I've survived this. If I was just in crypto and if I was just running one company, I'd be fucked right now. To be honest with you, I'd be screwed, right? So we're in a crypto company. Our crypto company is going sideways. I have multiple companies, I have multiple sources of income, and I don't rely off my crypto and I have my leveraged life insurance policy. So if something happens, I can borrow from my policy. So I was able to diversify like you and, you know, with your wise counsel in regards to business, other, you know, investments like gold and silver and things like that. So I think it's important as we go into this new world and people start to develop wealth, becoming investors in the recession, do the opposite of everybody else. Like, like Ken's saying, everybody's running to cash. I'm cash poor. I'm literally putting it into assets. So, but also too, I'm dollar cost averaging. I'm not buying big chunks. I'm just each week buying the same amount of the ones that I know, like, and trust. And then I'm putting money on the side. Cause if Bitcoin, I told people, I don't, I don't own any Bitcoin, but if it drops to between 14 and 10, I am buying Bitcoin. So yeah, you made a good point. Um, you know, if you're doing what the 99% of people do, you're going to lose because if the 99% of people were doing the right thing, then they would all be successful. So, you know, what I take a look at in life is, uh, you know, what is the opposite of what you're doing? Mm. And that's why entrepreneurship is a lonely place. You know, they say it's lonely at the top because, uh, like, for me, many years going through my 20s, I, would, uh, I kind of broke away from a lot of friend circles because I started doing the opposite of everybody else. You kind of become, become a bit of an outcast as well. But once you meet the right people, your vibe attracts your tribe. Yes. Um, you know, you can have these next level conversations. I think it's very important just to analyze and have that perspicacity, have the perception. You need to get the mindset right, first and foremost. But yep. when you've got the perspicacity and the perception, and you're able to see um, the world for what it is, which is mostly a lie. Uh, like look at Hong Kong, for example. You know They're now uh, talking about strapping tra- tracking devices onto people that don't uh, self-quarantine in their houses, like literally. So like, when you start to take a look at the system for what it is controlled, everything is control-based. The U.S. dollar, why did they, like the U.S. dollar is a piece of paper that they weaponized, they yep. like, literally weaponized this piece of paper and they brainwashed people to believe that this piece of paper is worth something. And that's where the whole perspicacity thing comes in. You need yep. to have a perception like what actually is this and why do I believe that this is worth something? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, doing the opposite of what everybody else is doing is the best thing that you can do. And I think uh, trying to fit into society is bad. You don't want to fit into society. You don't want to be a member of society. You want to be yourself. Yes. Yep. I totally I agree with that. I mean, that's that's the whole thing with like since 1971, we touched from the gold standard. I mean, it, it's fun to hear economists talk about it and stuff. But if you really dive into it, what was that? That just gave them the right to just to build, pack their bags, basically pack their own bags. They print money when they're ready to, they get as much debt as they want. I mean, the reason why I know in my heart that they're switching the monetary system is think about, we were in the billions and now we're at, what, what's our, our uh, how much money they print or what, the balance sheets at over 9 trillion now. I mean, for, in 24 months, they went from billion to the word trillion. I mean, really? Like who do we owe this money to? It's fake. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Oh, it's, it's a scam. Like it's a, it's a Ponzi scheme on a giant proportion. Yep. It's nothing else. It's nothing more. Yep. There we are. Yep. Debt, debt is fake. Is fake. It is all their debt is fake. Here's something that a lot of people don't understand is that that every so if you're in America and you're standing in line at a bank, and I I'll speak for America specifically, that's what I, I know geo or economically. So if I'm standing, me and Ken are standing at a bank in line and Ken puts in ten thousand dollars, they turn around and lend that money out to me. 
So the, none of the money really exists. So every dollar I hand to somebody else within America is somebody else's debt. That's it. So the only time the economy can be growing is if people are going out and getting loans and building houses and doing all that stuff. And that's what people um, are, are not paying attention to. So, for example, the massive layoffs are coming. They're coming because of the, you know, the interest rate hikes, the inflation pressure. So companies right now are, you know, I feel pressure with one of my companies. I'm like, OK, so there's some pressure. Things are changing. You know, we're signing up 10 to 30 people a day. Now it's like one to two. That's a big difference. That's a big difference, right? But we understood that this was coming and we prepared for this type of stuff, but most companies didn't. Now they're going to have to start letting employees go, right? Now, when that employee gets let go, that employee now doesn't have income. They're not buying gas, so that affects the gas station. They're not buying food, that affects the grocery store. And that grocery store has less people buying and it just starts to snowball. And I, I really feel like they're setting us up for middle class getting collapsed and wiped out leverage down to the working poor. And then they're going to come with the CBDC next year. And they're going to start pumping money through the CBDC. They're going to start creating that liquidity. You're going to get a, you know, uh, what's it called? A uh, universal basic income. It's like, here's enough to survive, you know, cause they're getting people used to that. They're getting people used to the unemployment. They need people to be absolutely completely dependent on the system. Mm -hmm. They do not want people. They want to disempower people as much as they can. The more money that people make, the more power that the people have, the less power that they have. Yep. So the, the goal of the system is to create, like you say, this universal basic income system so that people are completely dependent and mm -hmm. of any asset. So the, the biggest focus, like for, for me and my team going forward, yep. is to stack as many assets in every single different asset class as we physically can. Like my head is saying to me this, what if gold doesn't pump above 2K? What mm -hmm. if it drops to 15, 1400? You, it's still better to have some than none. Yes. Like you, 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 you should be in gold, silver, real estate, crypto, buying businesses, passive income, commercial real estate, residential real estate. Um, there's so many different asset classes that you can be in. You know, diamonds is another one mm -hmm. I'm looking at now, moving into diamonds. Wow. So uh, we need to take control immediately. You brought up something important too. this. This goes in your tribe. I mean, it's like really, really, really important who your tribe is, right? Because that's so, for example, the first thing when I went into the um, your uh, business coaching program, it was like the first thing people say is, well, I don't have any money. It's not about money. It's about resources, right? And the more people you are, what do you call it? Pers perspicacity? Is that what you're Yeah. So the more people you're around that are speaking wealth, right? You're going to be the sum of the five people. You'll start to be introduced to new people. And so we have re so many resources, but I wanted to introduce Ken. So uh, that's not rude at all. So I'm enjoying, he says he's enjoying hearing. So Ken Mack and I met, uh, has it been over a year now? Has it been a year? He's coming up for a year. Yeah, right? a year. So Ken is uh, known in the LBO space as one of the top LBO people. So he was actually uh, touted by um, Dan Pena. So Dan Pena, a lot of people know the real outlandish gentleman that does LBOs. Ken has been free, what, for 20 years, something like that. So he's never been in. Yeah. So he's been in the indoctrination, out of the indoctrination system. And so um, I reached out to him because I did a, actually, I was introduced to him by Selman on my team. And then as soon as I interviewed him, I went through his coaching program to learn around LBOs and going through the LBO program. I learned so much about business and understanding about resources. That was the biggest thing for me. It was like, as I, it also helped me too, as people are coming to me for equity to have the proper conversations, understanding valuing businesses and things like that. So because of the coaching and the wise counsel, I was able to diversify and that's helped me tremendously get through this. And now my mind is has completely changed because I'm like, I'm salvating right now with this recession coming. I'm like, this is amazing because I know that with the education I've gotten and the wise counsel that I've gotten and the, and the connections I've gotten through perspicacity being around Ken as well is understanding that I will never be poor again, ever, ever. It's, it's not possible. It doesn't even, it, it's not even in my reticular activating system anymore. These are the greatest opportunities in history. And then once you learn how to make money and multiply money, you'll never be poor. It's just a, it's a thing that you have to break out of. And so uh, so Ken does uh, the LBL program. Um, you follow him on Ken Mack. Everything's down below in the thing. So, uh, you know, it's gold, silver businesses. Uh, you know, you want to explain what you do for the LBOs? Yeah, th thanks for that there. Um, so, you know, for example, we bought, uh, well, let's see, we, I mean, me and my students, uh, we bought another two companies last week. So, it's uh, nearly 10 companies uh, this year so far in the education space of so childcare. Uh, so we're buying businesses use, using leverage. So a bit like if you go and buy a house, you get a mortgage. So you're using the net assets um, being a piece of real estate to raise a loan against it. So we're simply buying debt and using the net assets of companies so that we can buy them with little to no money down. 
So that's my bread and butter. Yep. Started teaching that a couple of years ago. Uh, been in the, a long time buying small to medium businesses all over the world. And any of the incomes that I've made, the free cash flows, I've been then investing that uh, aggressively into real estate, uh, from restaurants, uh, hotels, um, you know, private properties, commercial real estate, uh, gold, silver, crypto. You know, I'm a big uh, crypto fan. I've been in the, the crypto scene uh, since 2017 um, and uh, many other different asset classes. So, like, for me, the uh, you know, my main focus now going forward is the fighting against the Agenda 2030 so that, you know, I've, I've got my own Agenda 2030 and it's to yep. work as hard and as fast as I can with my team to buy up as many businesses as we physically can and then taking those incomes and then diversifying it into as many asset classes as we can and getting on as many different grids as we possibly, excuse me, possibly can. And that's why I'm here in Montenegro is, again, to get a residency, work towards a passport, get another driving license so I can put it into my passport portfolio. Uh, but for me, the, you know, freedom is the biggest thing that I'm working for. I don't work for money. I work for freedom. And mm. I feel it's my duty now, being in this game for so many years, like Coach JV, to help as many people as I can break them free from the matrix. Yep. Now, I, I would call myself a matrix escape artist. Mm, I've never lived in the matrix ever. And I've, I've had jobs, like I've experienced the matrix, but with, with, with perspicacity. Like yeah. I've known, been very aware that I'm here. To, uh, to get a job done so I can get my paycheck so that I can then use this money to start a business and learn how to buy businesses. So I've always had that perception. Um, but in a nutshell, you know, that, that's pretty much uh, what I do. I'm, I'm on a mission. Uh, I'm uh, very aggressive in uh, the way that I operate. I'm very particular in the people that I surround myself with. And I'm very careful with the information that I digest. Uh, and again, yes. uh, anybody that wants to follow me, uh, I'm pretty active on uh, Instagram. It's just Ken Mack. And you can follow yep. the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, where I am in the world and what I'm up to. So uh, you guys are very, very welcome to connect with me there. Yeah, I was pulling it up, Ken Mack. God, we both have so many, so many, uh, be careful, guys. There's so many fraudsters out there with our profiles. I was trying to pull the Ken Mack show, right? I want to pull it up real quick. Um, so just Ken Mack. Um, I've got the Ken Mac show as well, but I've had my uh, Instagram name um, changed to Ken Mac, so I was able to capture Ken Mac, K-E-N-M-E-C-K. Yeah, I'm going to pop this up there. So if you guys go to his website right here on the right side, you have all of his proper uh, social media. That's really important, too. In this space, one thing is be careful, guys. In this space, there's so many fraudsters out there. That's why I always tell people I won't contact you on you know privately about your cryptocurrency. I won't ask you to invest. Uh, anybody in this space, though, I mean, like a business insider, you know, lady that uh, interviews us, she has a scam account. So just be very, very careful. It's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. So this is Ken's website right here. You can see and you can roll his program. And then on the right side, you'll see all his social media. I just want to make sure people are properly directed. So it's KenMac.com. KenMac.com. Just want to make sure yeah, you guys. Just at that point, um, I'll never, ever message anybody. So, like, you will never, ever receive a message out of the blue from me on uh, on Instagram. Um you know, if you're going to message me, that's fine. I'll probably reply. But uh, yeah, if you receive a message, it's probably a scam account. Yeah, same here as well. I mean, it's like there's thousands of them. We're working to get verified. We're going through the process, like Act of Congress to get verified. It, But it's, um, yeah, just be careful. It, it also, too, like one of the things I want to talk about is get rich quick is, you know, a lot of people got leverage. They, they were working to, you know, these pump and dumps and things like that. Like the longer you stay in the market, the more fundamental you are, the better off you're going to do. So be very, very careful. You know, if you're young in the market or young into investing, you know, when I got in, I got into yield farming and I was doing really, really well at first. And I do want to give credit because I, I was able to make some really good chunks of money, which kind of got my crypto career started and, and a little bit of wealth. And uh, I remember one day I woke up, man, I had, I was getting greedy and I kept, you know, these big freaking yields and uh, woke up one day. I'd never been rug pulled before and I'd never forget the feeling I, I, was like I put it in overnight. Usually when I'd wake up, I mean I was making a lot of money off this, and I woke up the next morning. The screen was red, man. I'm like, holy shit! And it really hit me because I, I came from banking, right? So I was like, well, there has to be like a customer service line or somebody I can reach out to, or you know, I just I was going through that whole process in my head. I'm like, I'm looking up the 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 protocol or whatever it was, the the crypto, and it's gone. And I'm like, what the fuck? 
I'm like, oh, my money's just gone. And it just, yeah, it just hit me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So then I stopped playing games. I was like, uh, not that I was playing games. I just got caught up in the get rich quick thing. And so I just started getting really fundamental with my cryptos. And I already had a fundamental portfolio, but that one move, that one loss was pretty catastrophic because I was pretty early. So I had to rebuild again. And then I got really strict with my crypto portfolio. And like I said, the things that I would have done a little bit differently is that with that big pump last year, I probably would have pulled more profits. So now when I pull profits is I, I secure my retirement, right? So I love leverage life insurance. One of my favorite things is, so I take it, I put it into leverage life insurance cause it, it's sitting there compounding. And if I need it, I can buy businesses with it or I can get more assets with it. So that's something I'm really big on. People ask me all the time, uh, for leverage life insurance. If you're, if you're in the Academy, it's in there, uh, things like that. But I, and also if you reach out to me on Instagram, I can send you my contact, but, um, I think it's really important to diversify right now as well. And then what, Oh, I wanted to ask you about the real estate market because what the, the America did a bunch of mortgage backed securities in the last 24 months, along with trillions of dollars being printed. Right. So they pumped inflated the market. You know, people are, have all kinds of opinions. There's, you know, I hear a lot of experts saying, there's a lot of different opinions that next summer is going to be a big collapse. Do you, what is your, do you have any insight on the, the real estate market? That's one of the questions I get. I'm not a real estate expert. So yeah, you know, we got a sizable portfolio mixed of uh, residential and commercial and uh, I'm holding property actually from the last financial collapse back in 2007. So I've still got these properties. I was buying in that recession. Now I think if you get the long-term mindset and you're buying for investment, mm-hmm. um, you need to accept, first of all, if you're buying now, you're going to be buying into future negative equity. Mm. Um, so you need to be very, very careful, very careful. And the, the real estate market now, like I would be worried buying real estate now. The market is starting to show signs of, of cracks in the, some places in Europe, like Germany. In the UK, it's kind of still powering along. But the thing is, it can only go so far. Properties are going, you know, I get worried when I see properties selling for 20, 30% overvaluation. I get worried if I see anything selling anything over valuation. Wow. So I, I think having a strategic portfolio, if you're buying at the right price and you get the right strategy in place, you're going to be fine. So if you get a property that's uh, you know high yielding, for example, serviced accommodation uh, or a house of multiple occupation, um, or you're e- executing some strategies that's going to maximize the yield on the piece of real estate that you're buying, you're going to be fine. But you need to accept that the bubble is going to pop soon. It cannot. It simply cannot continue. And when they put when they push the button, the pushes into recession. Yep. That's when the market is a def. Remember, it's a deflationary event. I'm 100 percent sure there's going to be a recession or depression, whatever you want to call it. So that says that the market has to pop at that point in time. The recession is going to probably come into effect by Q4 this year or Q1 next year. Um, sometimes I'm not, uh, I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't say that's when it's going to be, but that's when it's most likely to happen. And when that happens, there's going to be a cascade of problems taking place for people becoming unemployed, people not when the interest rates go even higher, people not affording the loans, negative equity. It's going to be a lot of bad shit happening, and uh, people panicking. Like people buying properties at say two hundred thousand dollars have suddenly become worth one hundred and fifty thousand dollars because now what they've done in a nutshell is they've made money scarce. They've made money what everybody wants. What happened over the last two years is money was running away from you. So you could buy assets, you could buy a car, you could buy a watch or a house, and the value is increasing literally on a daily basis. Yeah. On a daily basis, on cars, on cars that should not be appreciated in value. It was nothing to do with the computer chips. It was because there was so much more liquidity in the marketplace. Everything is absolutely manufactured. Don't believe any of the bullshit out there that they're telling you. If you want to believe what they're telling you, the politicians, everything that you're seeing, your friends and family talking about, you're going to be poor. And that's the facts of the matter. I got to where I am today. I'm able to live this lifestyle because I don't listen to anybody. So all I'm saying, guys, is be very, very careful when you're out there in the markets, when you're planning deploying a lot of capital into the uh, the real estate market, just be mindful that, uh, by the way, the, the re- recession, it might not come until 2024. All that we know is it's going to come. How long is it going to last for? I would probably say be prepared for 10 years. Mm-hmm. That might sound a shock to you guys, but that's what I am preparing for. I'm preparing for 10 years. I've got so much equity now in my portfolio that I am prepared to ride. Uh, you know, but I won't be in any negative equity because I bought a long time ago. 
last purchase probably back in 2014, 2015. It's um, just be ready for it, guys, and be very careful. And that's why you need to be super diversified because the, the market's crashing. It's already happening in the various different places around the world. Um, so we need to be super careful. I've got a family member now selling a, a piece of uh, real estate in the UK, and the banks are now tightening the monetary policy. And mm. uh, the weeks for the, the banks to release the money. So wow. it's, it's happening, and it's going to it's going to come, and it's going to it's going to be like a thief in the night. Yep. Yep. And that, that's, you brought up the, the uh, auto market in, in Arizona, in America, it was like so many people were, everybody, the auto industry was booming, right? Booming, booming. And people, they, they said the same problem happened in 2007 that people were getting not, because, you know, when there's commission involved or people making money off loans, they'll skip a little bit or skimp a little bit right on rules and regulations. So he said, there's a lot of people in America that got loans that couldn't afford the cars that they got. Right. So they have these 84 month loans now and their cars are super overvalued, right? They're, they're not even worth their, their negative equity. Obviously a car is negative equity, but now they have tons of negative equity when the market comes collapsing down. So it's like a housing market bubble that we had in 2007, but for cars, you have the mortgage backed securities that were bought. So if you guys want to go dive into mortgage backed securities, they bought more in the last 24 months. So that inflated the market. Market. You have the recession coming. I agree with you 100%. I think uh, based on, gosh, I forgot who did the uh, survey of oh, the Dallas Fed, the Dallas Fed, you know, it's two consecutive quarters with negative GDP growth and then job and stuff like that. But we've had based on numbers, we have had two negative GDP growth months or, or quarter, excuse me, we're heading into a recession. There's no way to avoid the recession. So somebody said, can you explain the detail? Uh, leverage life insurance. So it's different than, a, um, so there's a death insurance and there's leverage life insurance. So it's very different, right? I have a death policy. Leverage life insurance is, it has zero floor. It guarantees your principal, number one. Uh, protects you from litigation. Nobody can touch. Nobody can touch life insurance. I'm talking about America specifically. Um, you can actually, it's compounds, right? So it's a compounding effect. And then you can borrow against your own policy and your money is still compounding and you're paying yourself back. So you're essentially, a lot of athletes are talking about it now. You're essentially, it's called affinity banking, things like that. Mine's, I call mine a leveraged life insurance policy. You're basically becoming the bank. You can borrow against yourself to buy more assets. Some people borrow their salary. They put all the money into leveraged life insurance, borrow the salary because your salary basically is compounding. Um, but it's very different. So a, a good way to um, good company to look up is called uh, a product is called M P is in Paul I is in Igloo. So M P I his name's Curtis Ray. He's the one that invented it. My agent's name is Porter. But um, also another thing too is where do, where do I buy gold in the U S? And I'll kick it over to Ken. Um, so this is where I get gold in the U S. They're one of the top uh, in U.S., so they send it right to your house. Very secure. Uh, they're actually here in Phoenix, Arizona. So ITM, uh, Tom Kohler. So I love Lynette Zhang, too. She has a lot of great stuff on the economy. If you're one, Her YouTube channel is amazing. So uh, where do you buy gold? Can you buy it at an over-the-counter, right? So I buy it uh, globally. So because I don't – I can call myself a posh gypsy because I don't really have <laughs> one fixed abode. Sure. Uh, but let's say you know, I've got a lot of people following me from the U.K., I'll buy from Bullion by Post, okay. which is a bit like the company that you just uh, displayed mm -hmm. there on screen, and they physically send it to your house, yeah. or they can send it to you in Europe if you if you live in Europe. Right. Um, so that's it. The uh, Bullion by Post, a bit like this uh, company here, ITM. Yeah. If I'm in Singapore, um, or in fact, I buy from Singapore as well, and they store it for me. So you don't need to be in the country that you're buying. But I do it that way for security because the gold goes right into vault. Again, in Poland, I use uh, just a a corner shop that sells uh, bars of gold in Dubai. Um, I'm using uh, IBV gold and uh, a couple of other kind of backstreet uh, jewelers that uh, I get some very good deals from. Um, so like, here's the thing. All that you need to do is go on Google, search uh, gold bullion dealers in your city and make a relationship with them. When mm. you're buying gold, you're buying the spot price and then you've got the minting, the making and the delivery charges. So you, you should be looking at paying no more than 4% on your gold. And here's a here's the number one question everybody's asking. Should I buy coins or should I buy um, bars? The answer is it's harder to fake a bar. So it's harder to fake a coin than it is a bar because you get the width, the diameter, the thickness, you know, and the weight of the coin with all the security decals. Um, and usually it's government mints that make the coins. So the coins you will pay more money for. Like I bought coins at Britannia's the other day. The spot price was $1,837. The cost price to me with the minting making delivery fees was uh, so it was 17, 1735 
but I paid uh, eighteen twenty. So you can see the difference. However, if I bought bars, it would have been a lot less. But I personally like coins because they're easier to store. Because when you buy a bar, like the ones in the packets, they're kind of a little bit chunky. Uh, but I think it's very important to have a selection of bars and coins. But uh, like as we continue to dip in the gold price, I'm going to start stacking bars more because I'm going to get a much better price. But building that relationship with the local dealer is going to make sure it's going to ensure that you get the best prices because what they're looking for is a return customer. So if you just press that point and say, "Listen, guys, I'm going to be a good customer. I'm going to be returning on a monthly basis." So if you can get that, um, you know the the. Uh, what, what kind of a percentage are you paying? Like, what's your um, your markup to your dealer? I think usually it's about one two percent, but including all charges, you're talking about four percent. Yeah, I don't, don't know. Good deal. Yeah, I don't know to be honest with you. Yeah, I can check with them, but yeah, they're really good. ITM is is really big in America too. It's like, and if you check out, I would highly recommend checking out Lynette Zhang. She's she's their uh, chief uh, uh, financial officer, or whatever. Her YouTube channel is awesome man she goes deep i mean she's like she's per, she's like you man she's preparing big time she's got like she's off the grid she's like and she's not a big crypto person but my my dealer there tom kohler is um but it's like she's she's fully off the grid man she's like got sustainable living she's doing all this stuff and so somebody has a question for you around Just um, make a point there. i'm yeah. not off the grid okay i am on i am getting on as many grids mm. as i physically can like because that. what that does, it makes you globally unfuckwithable. I'm going to get loads of driving licenses, loads of passports, loads of residencies, bank accounts all over the place. Yeah. Like, they can't do anything to you. All right. I love it. But love like, it. getting off the grid is kind of like the old-fashioned way of thinking, gotcha. you know, getting the, getting the hut in the woods, getting Correct. off the grid with, uh, you know, minting Ethereum from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't sound fun to me, man. I, I just, I'd never, like people are like, you, you know, you should get out there. Actually, we met this guy. This is really interesting. There's a lot of people that are trying to go sovereign and doing all this stuff. And it's a big culture, right? So I met this guy. This is an important story too. What did he call it? So he's literally, truly off. So we stayed at his place for a retreat, right? And so he, he doesn't, have, he went uh, away from America, doesn't have a social. He doesn't have, like, he's fully sovereign, if that's what it's called. He said, it was the most powerful thing he did. He said he's part of God's land, right? But he said it's also the most difficult thing he's ever done in his life. He can't get a loan. They came, the FBI came and, and raided his place and they took over his property. He had to go all the way to the highest level of court to get his property back. So it's like, he's, he's like, it sounds great. But when you go off the grid, they'll come, they'll come after you, man. Like they, you literally can't do anything, man. You're, you're, you're like a ghost. You can't do anything in public. Right. So he's like, I have to stay out here. And um, he's a very smart dude. I, I can't remember the book he wrote. I, I don't pop into my head, but it was pretty neat to hear that. Cause he was like, uh, cause there's all these people preaching, you know, you know, can, get rid of your debt all this stuff he's like you know he goes it's hard to play games with the government man he's like he's like it, man. Is it like i think playing games with the government is just why waste your time if you can't beat them join them and that's yep. why like i'm gonna get on as many grids as i can don't fuck with the government play the game yep. but play many games I'll, I'll play the game in as many countries as i physically can and just be part of the system if you yep. need to pay tax pay the tax if you can mitigate tax in one country mitigate the tax but just my best advice is be squeaky clean, do everything by the book, get the proper legal and accountancy and financial consell. And, yep. um, and if you want to move to Dubai and pay no tax, then absolutely. There's Good. millions of people that live in Dubai or whatever the population is over there um, that uh, live there, amazing lifestyle, no uh, corporation tax, no uh, income tax, no national insurance, and they live an amazing lifestyle. But uh, yeah, get on as many grids as you guys can. That's awesome. So this question says, Ken, how is Poland compared to the UK for you? Um, the honest answer is that I prefer Poland to the UK. Um, the, I would say the West is a failed society. In the, in, in the likes of Eastern Europe and Poland, like corruption is available to poor people. It's available to everybody. So if the policeman stops you, for example, there you are, sir. Um, can I be on my way now? But if you do that in the UK, it's not going to work. It's not something that's available to everybody. But in Poland, you've got this very fair system. Well, in my opinion, anyway, um, not just the corruption, but you've got um, amazing food, amazing people, amazing sites, so many cool things to do. You're in the heart of kind of like Europe as well. So you can be anywhere within an hour if you jump on a plane. But um, just, yeah, love Poland. I just, I believe the UK is a failed society. Poland is the land of the free. The people are... 
I would say uh, more open-minded, and uh, they're they're just uh, they're they're stronger minded for sure in Poland. Uh, but I prefer for sure living in Poland than I do the UK. That's awesome. What's your favorite place to live out of all the places? Um, I don't have a favorite because I get bored uh, in one place <laughs> for too long, uh, and that's why we kind of rotate. Um, yeah, I like Spain. You know, Spain is probably like my number one home. Um, but again, if I'm there for too long, I get a little bit bored. Mm. Um, so yes, it's, it's a very hard question. But I, I enjoy going back to the UK as a a, like a holiday. Like I enjoy going back there for a month a year. But living in the UK, I don't like living in the UK. But the UK is an amazing place for business. It's yeah, an amazing place for business. So That's like, awesome. you know, Scotland is a beautiful place if you want to go on holiday. But say uh, for living. If you want 300 days of rain per year in a grey sky, you're going to get depressed. Like, you are going to get de- depressed. I physically couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, like for me, things, you know, changed massively since the uh, the lockdowns in 2020. Now, I, I said, I don't want to be part of that anymore. So mm-hmm. I just decided to pick up and just officially divorce the country. I said, I'll never move back, but I'll come back to visit one month a year. Got it. Got it. Love it. So uh, thank you, uh, uh, Margaret, if I say that correctly. It says, I miss the Ken Mac show so much. Uh, they starting Mondays. What time? So it'll be 9 a.m. Arizona time. So Arizona time every Monday. We both travel a lot. So the only time we'll miss a show is if we're traveling. Me and him are always traveling different places. And so that's the only time we'll miss. So and then basically on time zones, too. But it'll be 9 a.m. Um, every Monday morning. Um, and it's also on podcast as well. So if you guys are driving around, so if you type in the Ken Mac Coach JV show, it'll pop up on podcast. So. I'll take you guys for a little tour and show you yes. what I am just here in, uh, in Montenegro where you see this. Yes. That's behind me there, look. Wow. So this is absolutely stunning. Um, we're in the historic center just now in the Budva, that you call it. So we're not far off of the Croatian border. It's awesome. It's absolutely stunning. We've got like a stony beach down here. and you see the old town and the mountains up behind me. But uh, you know, I've missed nature being in the desert. That's amazing. So it's time for a change. That looks beautiful. Is it pretty? Is it it's a, Montenegro is a country, right? It's a country? Yeah, it's a, it's a small country with a population of about 600,000. Um, it's a fairly wow. new country as well. So uh, you know, they, they just got their uh, independence in 2006, which is not long ago. Not long ago no, at not at all. That's cool. That's really cool. And where's it located by? The what other countries? Uh, so to to this side, I mean, we got Croatia. So we got the uh, like uh, it's not Zagreb. It's uh, it's a country called the city. Sorry, what's the capital of Croatia? I have no idea. <laughs> it's to the left. We got uh, Serbia up here. We got Albania about two hours over this way, um, and Romania is somewhere up there. Um, gotcha. So. Yeah, in a couple of days' time, I'm going to be heading to uh, to Serbia, um, which I'm very excited to do because it's uh, one of these countries that's been on my bucket list for mm-hmm. a long, long time. And anybody that's listening, that's living in Europe or living in the UK, you know, you guys have got an amazing opportunity that these people in Australia don't have, where you can get on a plane and you can be anywhere within Europe, this kind of zone, within like two, three hours. So, you know, whilst we have this freedom and access to budget airlines, for example... Yes. Like that, these these uh, services, they won't be here forever. Like I firmly believe that uh, if things continue going the way that they are, then uh, you know we're looking at private flying. Uh, it's yep. going to be a thing for the wealthy. These budget airlines are going to collapse. So you know, if you want to do your journeys, your flying, your uh, your adventures, I think you should be thinking of getting them out of the way now, whilst you can. Yeah, I noticed too, like you brought up private airlines, there's a lot of little uh, private airlines popping up with membership programs where it's like there's a lot of them where you can buy a membership to the private airline and share time, like kind of like a timeshare or whatever, or sh- share your time space, things like that. You're seeing that pop up a lot. That's I think- right. I, I just did a, a meeting yesterday uh, with a company, VistaJet. So they were quoting me, I think it was three quarters of a million uh, pounds, about a million dollars per year. And that gives me 50 hours. Uh, of private flights. It's a bit like owning a private jet, but without the actual ownership costs. Mm. And you can come in a jet anytime, uh, anywhere in the world, within 24 hours, the jet will be there for you to pick you up. Holy shit. Wow. That's pretty cool. So it's a million a year? About a million? Yeah, 750,000 pounds was the quotation that I got. Um, And yeah, you get total freedom of 50 hours, which is a lot of time. It's a lot of time. time. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome, man. We're coming up on the hour here. So so some of the things that um share with you is you guys have had a lot of success with business recently. Seven businesses? 
seven businesses uh, so far, that seven companies we've acquired so far this year. Um, it's actually eight, um, sorry, so it's seven schools and one manufacturing company that my students have bought. Um, so it's been amazing, been, you know, there to help them, been part of the journey. And, uh, you know, one of the acquisitions, um, you know, my student was working on it for like 10 months. So like perseverance, consistency is the name of the game. If you're going to the gym and, uh, you know, it's not something that's going to happen overnight, you need to keep it consistent. You need to follow the diet, the routine mm-hmm. and be consistent. And it's the same with the, buying these businesses. You know, he kept it consistent. We get him on the show sometime as well. It'd be awesome. And uh, he took it consistent for 10 months. And eventually he got his first company. But uh, then I've got to like Declan that we had on the show. Yeah. And these guys have done seven companies this year. Seven companies, man. That's amazing. That's amazing. Then a lot of people ask too, like, what type of companies are you looking for in this time? Uh, Yeah. So we're looking for anything that's essential uh, infrastructure. So uh, legal companies, for example, accountancy companies, education companies, uh, like childcare, um, senior care. Uh, packaging manufacturing companies. So anything that's an essential good or service. We spoke about weapons and ammunition manufacturing in the mm-hmm. USA, um, security companies, because as we go into a recession, yeah. people losing their jobs, global unrest, look at what's happening in Sri Lanka. Security companies are going to be more in demand. Um, so you know, we're out, uh, focusing on you know companies uh, like hotels or restaurants or bars, uh, leisure-based companies that are in the high-risk category. Now we're looking at companies that can withstand a recession that have been here for 20 or 30 years. So most of the companies that we're looking at buying now have been here like since the 90s. Like the company uh, my student Oliver just acquired, a manufacturing company, that company was established like in the early 90s. So that's wow. already through the 90s crisis, the 2000, the 2007. Uh, and, you know, we've got another one coming up, so we're pretty certain that that is a bulletproof company. That's amazing. And also, too, like a lot of people don't know that you started building and buying businesses during the last recession, right? Or, or well, just, yeah, small cleaning companies. So it was like nothing spectacular, but I uh, just started buying cleaning companies. I thought, well, you know, now is probably not the best time to get into the business. But like for me, I thought, well, I've got no choice. Yeah. Like I'm not employable and I need to do this. Like I need a company. So, well, I'm a risk taker. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy a company. And I, I thought, well, a cleaning company is nice and simple. I can I can pick up a mop and clean if uh, mm-hmm. if, if need be. So I started buying small cleaning companies and uh, consolidating them together. We call it bolt-on acquisitions. Mm. And uh, yeah, I did very very well. Made a lot of money. And uh, yeah, the cleaning industry was very very good to me. And then I got a nice exit in two thousand and ten. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we talked about a lot today. So we talked about Bitcoin going down to 10,000. We got August. We got that exchange. Uh, somebody said they're, they're giving it to him in fiat. So I'll have to dive into that a little bit more. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens, Warriors. But what we do know is keep the fundamentals proper. Make sure you're not pumping and dumping, jumping in and out of cryptocurrencies. Hold the line. I always say don't trip, buy the dip. But also, too, for me, I'm just dollar cost averaging in. I'm not putting big chunks of money into cryptocurrency. If we see a big catastrophic collapse down to 14 to 10,000. Absolutely. I'm going to buy some Bitcoin. If the altcoins come collapsing back down again, absolutely. I'll buy bigger chunks. But for me right now, I'm just holding money on the sidelines and we got silver, we got our insurance. Make sure you're diversifying too. I think that's one of the biggest things is don't try to get rich quick in these spaces, warriors. You're going to get wrecked. It's not designed. It's just like the casino. It's not designed for you to win. It's just not designed for you to win. The people who have strategy, who are fundamental, who follow the process. And like you said, if you get into real estate, just stay in the market, right? If you got in right now, then you're just going to have to hold long-term. Isn't it true that anything you hold for a long, a long period of time, if it's a good investment, is eventually going to come back and you eventually can build wealth. So I appreciate you so much, Ken, man. I can't wait. We'll be on track next week. I'm not a, you're not a, are you out of town next week at all? Or, no, who knows? I'll be here. Um, I'm okay. not sure if I'm going to be in, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be here on the show. I look That's forward awesome. to it every week. Well, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And as we always say, Warriors, rise. <laughs> Get your shit together. Let's go. Bye, everybody.